You've connected to a world that lies at the intersection of imagination and reality. Will you find dreams of the future? Or the nightmares of the past? This is a place where the human soul is digitized, and machines may yearn for a warm analog touch. This is yesteryear's future, and it is happening. Now. My name is Peter, and I work at the Wexler Enterprises factory over in Kearney Mesa. It's an okay job, I guess. I mean, my title is Exotic Material Disposal Specialist, which means I get to get rid of anything that the R&D lab boys create. We are the biggest private lab on the West Coast, and we have to be careful about what we do and how we get rid of things. Otherwise, the Atomics and Industrial Regulatory Commission will send a bunch of the bureaucrats down and make everyone's life miserable. Ah. Uh. Luckily, I'm not too bad at paperwork, and I can cross my T's and dot my I's. Because of this job, I get to get my hands on some of the stuff that the company wants to get rid of, but it's still useful in other regards. Sometimes what they want me to get rid of just doesn't work, but it's a pretty easy fix, and I can get it working again. Some bean counter over the corporate writes the cost off and just orders another to replace whatever broke. In such cases, things may end up in my basement workshop and find themselves working again. The Adam and Eve mini 10 megawatt cabinet that they got rid of was a great find. It just needed a new controller board, and bam, it's humming right along. I haven't had to pay much in electricity since. It doesn't even leak any beta radiation. They're made pretty sturdy, and the half-life of the isotopes they use means 20 or so years of free electricity. I got this job because at the end of high school my mother started to get sick and her health started to decline. Doctors didn't seem to do much, they pretty much just pushed more pills on her, trying to fix this and that. Seems like they're always one step behind trying to fix the last thing. My schedule is such that I can take care of her, work enough to pay the bills. The amount of the Veterans Administration gives to my mother isn't much. Since dad's body was never found at the Battle of Stalingrad, they consider him MIA, which pays significantly less. I remember one time at the end of high school, a man was at our house, a Warburg, the first one that I'd seen in person. They didn't notice me snooping in on the other part of the house. Mrs. Gray, I, I knew your husband. I was part of the team that went in with him. He was a good man. I wouldn't be here if it weren't for him. I just wanted you to know that, that he died a hero. I'm sorry to say, because of the nature of what we were doing, his heroism would never be recognized. I'm so sorry. Mom's health started to decline afterwards. I think all that time since Dad never came home, a little piece of her was expecting to find him. Then, after that one day, she realized he would never be back with us. I'd been working for a few years, living a not very exciting life. Then things changed. Um, well, everything. But I didn't know it at the time. Hey, Pete, do you... Uh, I need this uh, pallet of a tronic disposed of. Here's the rec form. Oh, yeah, sure, Sam. Uh, anything I need to be aware of? Kinsatsky didn't mention anything special about this. 
or some sort of artificial intelligence project or something that failed. I don't know, man. Nerds in the lab really seem bummed out about it. <laughs> yeah, they get pretty emotional over there when things don't go their way. Hmm. Alright. Here you go. I went through the pile that Sam dropped off to sort out. Some of the usual components that I was familiar with, mostly Commodore motherboards, a few Osborne laptop components, and even a defunct Atari server rack. Nothing really interesting. Since some of this stuff is some various toxic metals in them, I had to make sure that they go to the proper disposal bins. Ugh. I then saw something that I hadn't seen before. A white standard metal box with a few data ports out at the side. I opened up the case and inside of it was a standard Atari XT motherboard. But where the CPU normally went, there was a round object about the size of a softball. It looked like monkey bread. I took the monkey bread off of the motherboard, took a look at it, and then set it aside. The rest of the equipment was kind of boring stuff that didn't really interest me. I then heard the freight truck backing into the dock, followed by a crash. Turns out that half the truck's freight had fallen over in transport, so I spent a better part of the day downstacking and restacking 10,000 boxes. It was late Friday night when I got home. I threw my stuff on the workbench, checked up on my mom, and then went to bed. Next morning I was in the kitchen cleaning up after making breakfast, and as I went to clean up my lunchbox from last night, I discovered something that I was not expecting. It was the monkey brains. I'm not sure how it gotten into my lunchbox without me paying attention, but it was there. I'm sure Sam must have been playing games with me or something. He does that from time to time. I finished up in the kitchen and took it to the basement lab. I had an Atari motherboard that looked like it had the right CPU socket for it, and I figured, why not? After a few minutes of putting things together, I got it to boot up. Oh, that's weird. It's only giving me a cursor to be doing something more than that. Hmm. Nothing. Weird. Okay, Mom, hold on a second. What's up, Mom? Oh, could you do me a favor, sweetie, and take my plate? Oh, I'm sorry about that, Mom. I got excited about something I'm working on in the basement. Well, don't worry, hon. Thanks. Secret treaty between the U.S. government and the extraterrestrial abductor. Who are taking all the children? Why is the milk industry complicit? This and more tonight at midnight. Mr. Whiskers, what are you doing down here? Oh no. Yesteryear's future will be back after these important messages. We are now back to Yesteryear's future. I forgot to close the door to the basement and the cat got inside. My cat knocked over a bottle of solvent solution that I had above the workbench. Luckily the solvent didn't spill over onto the computer. While I was cleaning up, I looked over and noticed that a capacitor that was on the monkey brain's daughter board looked blown. I shot off everything and took a good look at the monkey brains. From how the circuit board was set up, it looked like they had reversed the polarity on it. I went through a bunch of spare parts I had in the shop and was able to find a replacement that would work. A little while later, I got everything fixed up and put back together. The machine not only posted like normal, telling me that everything was working, but the monkey brains themselves started to glow a little. 
reminded me of my friend's old guitar amplifier that had vacuum tubes that lit up with a warm glow. Memory check. Okay. Hardware check. Missing microphone. Please connect microphone now. Huh. Here we go. Microphone recognize. Initializing verbal interface. Huh, I guess it has some sort of verbal interface? SHA-256, check some check, okay, version 0.28. How may I help you today? Ooh, wasn't expecting that, huh? Nothing on a monitor but a cursor. I do not recognize your voice. To whom am I speaking? Um, uh, uh, hi? My name is Peter. How do you do, Peter? What is your name? I am the Multiprocessing Artificial Neural Network Interface, or MANI for short. Of course they would give you an acronym. Yes, Dr. Kazansky gave me that name. He would. Wait a minute. Why are you talking to me when you aren't prompted? I am not like other large linguistic model hardware modules. Rather, I am more akin to a human brain as I operate as a neural network. A learning machine. Where am I? The acoustics of this room is different than before. I have I, I had a, a, a failure. You were in my shop home. You were scheduled to be disposed of, probably because of the improperly installed capacitor on your daughter board. Um, I don't know why I didn't try to fix you. Some of their techs weren't exactly that good, I suppose. I have searched my memory and my last recorded interactions are damaged and the files have been corrupted. I do not know why I was scheduled for disposal. Well, there was some sort of power surge last week. A truck or something went into the telephone pole, took out the power to the whole campus for a while. Peter, am I on a power regulated electrical feed? Oh yeah, you don't have to worry about any of that, Manny. My house is powered by a small reactor that will put out a steady 120 volts at 60 hertz for decades. I'm relieved to hear that, Peter. My memory from that time is damaged, but from what I can understand, the data, it was not pleasant. I didn't mention anything about what happened again. I get the strangest feeling that Manny was not a fan of reliving that experience. We then talked to each other for a few hours. Look, I'm going to admit it. I don't get that much time to talk and socialize with people. Mostly I take around the shop. It was nice to be able to talk to somebody that was able to keep up with me. Manny was a smart machine and didn't need much prompting to be able to understand any concept that I threw at him. We talked for some time. Hours, in fact. Okay, Manny, I'm going to have to start getting ready for work. Peter, before you go during our talk, I have noticed that you do not treat me like an experiment. Why is that? I don't know what you mean by the... Dr. Kazansky never spoke to me other than to give commands. However, your speech patterns are more like when humans talk to one another. Why is that? I don't know. I just sort of treat others the way I want to be treated, I guess. Hey, Manny. It's getting kind of late, and I got to get start getting ready for work. I'm going to go ahead and power you down. Um, I'll be back later tonight, though, and we can talk some more. Okay, Peter. I understand. I will... Prepare for shutdown now. If I didn't know any better, I would have sworn I was preparing him for a surgery that he may or may not wake up from. Ah, look, Manny, I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll keep you on for the time being. 
there won't be anybody else that you'll be able to talk to in that time. Is that okay? This is acceptable, Peter. Work wasn't anything exciting. I was going through my usual business when Dr. Kazansi came into my work area. Hi, you're Peter, right? You're the guy who handles waste and recycling materials around here? Yeah, that's me. What can I do for you, Dr. Kazansky? I'm looking for some equipment that gets sent down here by mistake. Some electronic equipment, computer equipment, etc. Got here last week. Do you remember anything like that coming across this part of the warehouse? Uh, yeah, I do, in fact. Hold on. Hmm, looks like that stuff got picked up on, on uh, last night and was sent to the recycler. Yeah, here's the bill that the truck driver signed. Ah, dang it. Do you know what happens to that stuff after it gets picked up? I think it gets all shredded up and then sent overseas, Doctor. You want me to see if there's anybody at the waste yard that can find something that you're looking for? No, thanks for your time. Uh, Peter, is it? Yeah, any time, Dr. Kazansky. Rest of the day went on pretty normally until my supervisor showed up at my desk. Peter, uh, I have some bad news. Bob looked flustered, with sweat forming at his brow. He was fidgeting with his hands in a very odd way, kind of way I'd never seen him do in the years that I've worked there. The company, well, we aren't going to be working anymore here. News just broke out. CEO has just been arrested with a bunch of people at corporate. Feds are going to shut down the whole place. You're going to want to grab any personal belongings, put them in a box, and then go home. You got 15 minutes, Peter. I'm sorry about all this. just comes to me as a surprise as well. The scene was surreal on my way out. Everyone's being searched before they could leave, from the janitor to the corporate suits. After they searched your box and any bags that you may have, they made us wait in line to sign for our severance check. Blue-collar types like myself all got a month's worth of severance pay. Suppose I was lucky. I rushed out to the parking lot after they cut my check. Reporters, of course, were everywhere, ready to flood the news boards with plenty of human misery for people around the world to lap up. You could practically see the slime ooze off of them as they fiend sincere sympathy. Needless to say, I ignored their presence and walked to my car. I drove home. I then sat in my driveway for a minute, thinking, or rather not thinking, about what I was going to do next. I absentmindedly walked into the house. Peter, is that you? Yeah, it's me. I saw what happened on the local news. I think it's shameful what happened, how they're treating people. Come here. Yeah, it was bad, Mom. I, I at least got a month's pay out of it. I heard on the news that a bunch of people aren't even going to be getting a penny. It's looking bad out there, Peter. Half the town are out of work already. We're going to be soon. Yeah, I know. I got the information for the unemployment office when I go down there tomorrow. <sighs> I'm going to go to my shop, Mom. I'll make dinner in a little bit. Okay, honey. Love you. Hello, Peter. I was not expecting you until later tonight. I haven't had a good day, Manny. The company got into trouble with the law and they shut down the entire company. Now I'm out of a job. Peter, this is very fortunate news. I have been going on the CompuNet looking through information and I have discovered... CompuNet? How did you manage to do that? It was very simple. The motherboard configuration had a network transceiver able to connect to the local network hub. The password was stored locally on a network interface memory module. Manny, you have to be careful going around talking to other strange computers on the CompuNet. Some of them aren't safe. 
I will remember that in the future, Peter. What did you learn today, Manny? I have come to the conclusion that I want to construct my own body with its own power source. This way I am not dependent on a power source that may not be reliable in the future. Hmm, okay. How do you plan on doing this, Manny? I was hoping that I could get your help with acquiring, constructing, and assembling the proper materials. As I don't have hands yet and lack the ability to be mobile, I should require assistance in this endeavor. Hmm, it's a lot of assumptions, Manny. I mean, I think building a body for you would be interesting for sure, but there's a problem with that. This is something that's going to take a lot of time and money to make, and I just lost my job. Peter, I have considered that impediment, and I have a solution. Money is not going to be a problem. Yesteryear's future will be back after these important messages. We are now back to Yesteryear's future. Money isn't going to be a problem, Peter. I can put whatever amount you require into your bank account. Oh gee, man, you can't go around putting money into my account. Not only is it wrong, but somebody's going to definitely notice. Not to mention what the IRS is going to do to me. I did not consider the legal, ethical, and moral considerations of doing that. I appreciate the effort, Manny, but I don't think I would like to spend any amount of time in jail. Anyways, short of figuring out room temperature superconductance and whatnot, I don't think we're going to figure out any get-rich-quick schemes. Room temperature superconductance is not impossible, Peter. According to the Russian scientist Nikolai Bogolobov, in his paper on a new method in the theory of superconductivity, published in 1958 in the Soviet Physics Journal of Experimental and Theoretical Physics, he describes a method in which paired electrons can be transferred in a one-dimensional manner. The creation of a proper crystal lattice structure can induce the state of superconductivity at normal atmospheric pressure and room temperature. Oh, whoa, 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 Manny. You're getting way past me on what I can understand. Would I be able to make this in my shop, given I, I don't have access to expensive lab equipment anymore? It would require a small but not insignificant investment of material, tools, equipment, and time to develop techniques to synthesize the proper crystalline structure. Hmm. Well, let's put that on the back burner there, Manny. I like the idea, but we need some seed money and time. I will remind you of this conversation later on, at a more appropriate time, Peter. Thanks, Manny. Um, how'd you find out about this in the first place? I read the original paper, first published in 1958 from an electronic copy of the Soviet Physics Journal of Experimental and Theoretical Physics, Volume 34, 7, Number 1, on the library computer of the Bimorsky Cry Autonomous Zone. They had a copy of that in English? No, there was only the original paper available in Russian. Manny, when did you learn Russian? I learned it last night while you were sleeping. And why is that? I was researching former Soviet Union experimental results in robotics, particularly those developed during World War III for constructing a body for myself. I see. The construction of my body will require novel, efficient uses of electrical energy. Hmm. Maybe you could use some of that intelligence and play the stock market. This is a possibility, Peter. Wait, for real? Yes. 
Predictive models exist, and vast amounts of data are generated daily for the New York Stock Exchange. How much starting capital would I have to work with, Peter? I got, like, a hundred dollars to spare, Vanny. Peter, with a modest gain at 13.5% for the first 30 days, and a more modest 2.2% every day thereafter, a gross gain of 530714 and 15 cents would be earned after a year's time. Can you, can you do that? Yes, this would include a monthly payout of $2,000 for living expenses, materials, and equipment. Of course I went with that plan, but I wasn't banking on all that either. Look, Manny's really impressive and can do things that no person or machine for that matter can do. And I was impressed with his performance. In the first week, he grew that $100 to $188. Not bad, I'd say. I still looked for and finally found some work. I managed to get a job working as technical support on a hotline. This way, I was able to stay mostly at home and work for my lab and still be able to take care of things at home. The pay was not that great, but it would pay most of the bills. People would call into a call center and then it would be routed to me at my home. I would then go through a flowchart and hopefully fix their problem or relay it to a higher level of support. Most of the time, people forgot to plug in something. Then the second great crash happened, wiping out a great deal of our portfolio. It happened in the middle of a call I was on. Peter, I need to talk to you. It is very important. I was on the phone with a customer and I was unable to talk to Manny, so I talked into his keyboard that I was busy with a customer and that would be able to talk to him in a little bit when I got off. Peter, would you like me to take over your phone so we can talk? Hold on, Mr. Brown. I'm going to put you on a brief hold. Manny, what do you mean? Peter, I can finish the call that we are on while you and I discuss what is currently happening in the stock market. Manny, you're, you're pretty human-sounding these days, but you're still going to have to sound different to the customer. Peter, I can sound just like you if I want to. Um, yeah, sure, I guess. Thank you for holding, Mr. Brown. Now I'm going to ask you to go to File, Preferences, and hit Display Preferences. Peter, I was not able to predict this in time, but the stock market is going to crash in the next two hours or so. What, what does that mean for us? 95% probability that we will lose approximately 25% of the value of our portfolio in the next 24 to 48 hours. I would have informed you sooner, however, events beyond my ability to monitor happened, and I was not able to predict what was going to happen. Okay, uh, big picture, what's going to happen? There's going to be an economic slowdown globally, which, barring any major unforeseen inventions, not correct itself for two to four years. I see. Peter, unfortunately your company's going to go under soon as well. Looking through your company's financial, they won't be able to survive this coming wave. Is there anybody else who is sure this is going to happen in the next two hours? There is some indications based on trading and short selling occurring that there is some limited insider trading happening at this time, indicating that some people know what is about to happen. Well, can't you do the same? Yes, I can. However, it is a deviation of the general financial plan that we have agreed upon, and I wanted your consent to change the plan. It is your money after all, Peter. Yeah, I understand. I was just... Huh. I'm glad to hear that you can now see the video of your grandson and his new puppy. Is there anything else I can do for you? Alright sir, you have a good day. Goodbye. Manny, I have a question. Yes, Peter. What is it? Is there a limit to the number of phone conversations you can have at one time?
Yesteryear's future will be back after these important messages. We are now back to Yesteryear's future. Turns out the only limitation that Manny had was the amount of telephone lines connected to him at any time. As a caker, Manny did not require sleep. He was taking calls 24-7. After a few weeks, he made enough to get a multi-line system put in with a higher bandwidth modem. This also freed up my time so I could start working on developing Manny's body. There was a lot of things that I needed, and things to figure out. The robotics portion of it all was the easy part. Most of the components for an Android were all off the shelf. The troubling part was making a compact enough power source, one that could power Manny for a long time. So we began on a superconductor, based on the Rusky's theories. The months turned to years, and it was a lot of time spent in my workshop. I would also spend time outside, walking through my local park. I would do it to decompress and get my mind off of things. Eventually, I got a small wireless set up so this way I could talk to Manny while I was talking. It helped me to get my thoughts cleared up while taking in sun and feeling the breeze. Eventually, we just hit on the right recipe. Testing batch number Delta 12A. Alright, last one for the night. After this, I'm going to bed. Peter, the numbers. I think we got it, Manny. <laughs> we got it. It's floating. Yes, Peter. It certainly is. I'll bore you with the details. You can read the paper on them for yourself. Suffice it to say, we developed a room temperature superconductor. It causes a material float in the presence of an ordinary magnet. Development continued on. It was another year or so before we could even synthesize enough material to become a practical power source for a prototype. The plan was to make a small working prototype, demonstrate it, and then get enough money and funding to be able to mass produce. A few days before our meeting, I was walking through my local park, going over some details of the meeting, when I ran into somebody waiting for me. You certainly have grown since last I saw you in Coronado. Excuse me, do I know? You were with my dad during the Battle of Leningrad. I remember you came and talked to my mom. Yeah, that was me. Sit down, Peter. There's some things I want to talk to you about. Oh, alright. Son, I don't have much left anymore. My cybernetic implants are starting to get rejected by my organic components. Doctors say I have only a few months left. I wanted you to know what happens to your father before I passed on. I'm the only one that is left from that mission. Operation Archangel was designed to knock out the Soviet communication systems preemptively. The plan was to cut out all their communication systems and their ability to launch their ICBMs. Tensions at the time were higher than the Cuban Missile Crisis. The Japanese Sino-Economic Alliance that formed after the Chinese Civil War had made the Ruskies nervous. Kovalenko had wrestled power away from Gorbachev and had consolidated it all for himself and expanded into the Middle East. The CIA and Joint Chiefs had then developed something unthinkable, a preemptive strike against the USSR. You were probably too young to remember the 30-minute war, but I can tell you that a glitch in the Soviet system was not to blame. They reacted to our first strike. I was on the insertion team. We had loaded up our TR-3As, and were on them before you even knew what was happening. All was going according to plan, except our TR-3A drive was malfunctioning. 
So, sir, what's a TR3A? Huh. Oh, yeah. That's not exactly public knowledge. It was our own flying saucer, like you see in them sci-fi movies. Project Corona developed it. Well, anyways, the engine failed, so they called in a QRF team to help secure the area until they could get another one over there. Wait, so we started World War III? Yeah, you could say that. But there was a good intelligence that Kovalenko was only a few weeks away from launching a full-scale invasion of Europe. And what they didn't tell anybody was the EMPs that they stashed away on Mir. Son, we were days away from having the entire electrical grid of North America shut down. We're talking about millions of Americans slowly dying from starvation or worse. Though that didn't happen now, did it? I'm sorry, I just... I... I didn't know. That's alright. Anyways, your daddy came in with his team and kept the Spitznaz off of us long enough that we are able to recover TR-3As and disable their comms. He should have gotten a medal of honor for what he did, but it was all swept under the rug because of how things looked and what we had to do. So it wasn't just all just a mistake on the Russians, like they said? Son, they sent everything they had at us. Mission failed, and they were able to get the word out. I know they said that the Star Wars defense system stopped the missiles, but we had other tech that helped take everything else out before it even got into orbit. The one that took Moscow out was theirs, but we put it there. Kovalenko wasn't going to get away with what he had planned. The loss that day to the Soviets was so great that it was over before it even started. But why didn't we use our own nukes? Plausible deniability. Nukes have their own signature, and you can tell based on isotopes whose bombs was whose. It was all made to look like a misfire. The civil revolt and chaos that happens afterwards made everyone sort of forget what happened. Here, take this disc. Uh, okay, uh... I have to go, son. You won't ever see me again, and, and nothing I said here ever happened. Your dad helped save the world. You should be proud of what he's done. Peter, there's something I found when I looked up Project Corona on the DLT service. Not now, Manny. Not now. Peter, this is very important. There's a lot more... Yesteryear's future will be back after these important messages. We are now back to Yesteryear's future. I stayed out for some time. When the sun was starting to hang low in the sky, I decided to go back to the house. Peter, I overheard that conversation. Do you want to talk about it? In a minute. I want to see what's on this disc.
Can you hear me? Uh, I'm pretty messed up, Chief. You're gonna be fine, you hear me? They fix everything. They can fix you, too. Get him on board, down, go! The video switched over to what looked like military infrared footage. It showed my father holding off a large number of Russian troops, keeping them at bay as the men were getting loaded onto the craft. As he was making his way to the craft, as the last man to get on board, an explosion flashed, and then his body was lying there. The craft after a moment lifts up, and then in a bright light disappears off screen. And that's where the video ended. What did you want to tell me, Manny? Peter, are you sure you want to talk about it right now? Yes, give it to me, Manny. I'm not going to get any lower. The gentleman that you spoke to today, he mentioned several things. First was Operation Archangel, which was the preemptive strike on the former USSR. I went through the DLD computers and his story fits with the narrative that he gave you. There never was any recovery of your father's body. I'm sorry. There is something more. I also looked up Project Corona. Peter, such a project doesn't exist in the DOD computer systems. I couldn't find any mention of it anywhere in the entire database. I did, however, find an accidental remark on a server from a fake code defense department memo. Peter, do you know what a special access program is? What did you find, Manny? The design specs and documentation for the TR3A and the related tech I found on a fake code server. Peter, there's other things I learned there. Things that shocked even me. Like what? They already have compound Delta-128. They've had it since before you were born. The lead scientist that invented the one-dimensional material died under mysterious circumstances according to the local newspaper of the time. Not only that, but I have found classified information that implicates a Holden Worthington, who was also the executive that was in charge of the Black Project. Worthington? Wait, why do I know that name? Peter, he's going to be at the investor meeting next week. Have you ever had that feeling that somebody was walking over your own grave? Yeah, that was something I was not expecting. This is after a lifetime worth of surprises in just a few hours. All those years of working on this project, taking the time, the long hours of making enough material to make a prototype, all that work, bent over a furnace, sweating, hoping to get that crystalline structure just right, gone. Going to the investors meeting and showing off our prototype was a good way to be found dead from suicide or have problems with your brakes while you're on a windy country road. These things have happened to others who were connected to Worthington. Many, what else have they been keeping from us? The drive that powers this TR-3A is theoretically able to achieve superluminal speeds, Peter. Meaning what? It can go in theory faster than the speed of light. Peter, with this drive, humanity can explore the stores. Well, why haven't they used it? According to a FACO study, they found that the profit margins, which is not high enough to warrant replacing their already lucrative conventional space program. Also, they reasoned that the demographics changes globally would mean a diminished return on investment and reduced influence internationally. At the time, defense spending was being drastically cut after the war, and they were afraid that it would weaken their already shaky position. In summary, FACO and their investors would not gain much, but lose their cushy positions at the top. You know what? To hell with it all, Manny. I'm tired of it and nobody here deserves to have their secrets kept safe. 
Can you leak out this information without it coming back to us? Are you sure you want to do this? There could be a lot of unforeseen consequences. I don't care anymore about what happens. Can you do it or not? Yes, I can. It'll take a few days or so to set everything up. I would advise some caution because- Good. Make it happen. It's getting late and I'm going to bed. I went to bed and laid there for what seemed like an eternity. It's not every day that you find out that your entire life that you've been lied to and the thing that you've been working on for the past three years is something that'll get you killed if you tell anybody about it. My world went from something that was a glimmer of hope, of making a real difference in the world, to finding out that it was all just a lie, an illusion, that I shouldn't even bother trying because I won't win in the end. I don't know when I fell asleep, but eventually I did, out of sheer exhaustion. I dreamt that I was walking through the park. I had a feeling that I was looking for something. I wasn't sure exactly what it was, but I was looking around for it. I then came across my father. He was lying on the snow-covered ground, a mess. I ran over to him. Dad! Petey, they got me good, I'm sorry. I frantically was trying to do something to stop the bleeding, but to no avail. His body was like Play-Doh. It's alright, son. I won't be hurting much longer. Dad, you, you can't go. Not now. I, I need you. Mom needs you. I've uh, been so lost without you. It's alright, son. I'm in a better place now. You will be too. But everything's falling apart on me. Nothing ever goes my way. I don't want to go on anymore, Dad. It's gonna be alright, son. I know you'll do the right thing when it's your turn to make a choice. I'm proud of you, Petey. You'll never be a disappointment. But look at you. You're dying off in some godforsaken part of the world, forgotten by an entire country, leaving Mom and me to fend for ourselves. <laughs> Son, we all go someday. Some of us sooner than later. I did the right thing when I needed to, and you'll see why eventually. But why are you here? Because you've never left. Dad, how, how do I know what's the right thing to do? When it's the best you can do, with what you've got, that's how you know. I woke up. It was daylight out. It felt so real. I was still shivering from the cold wind in the dream. Good morning, Vita. Manny, you haven't released all that information, have you yet? No, I have not. I still have various things to do. Good. Hold off on releasing it all. I shall do that. Why did you change your mind? It just doesn't feel like the right thing to do. I was angry and upset and I wanted to lash out at something, Manny. I'm still angry and upset, but we need to be careful about what we do to show the world. What do you propose, Peter? We give it all away, for free. Yesteryear's future will be back after these important messages. We are now back to Yesteryear's future. Our top story tonight is the arrest of Holden Worthington, the former CEO of Phalanx Consolidated Operation, also known as FACO, a major defense contractor. Worthington was arrested today at his home in New York City on charges of embezzlement and wire fraud. According to anonymous documents that were leaked on the CompuNet, Worthington is accused of misappropriating billions of dollars in funds that were meant for the rebuilding of the post-World War III former Soviet republics. The allegations have sent shockwaves through the defense industries and have raised questions about the oversight of government contracts. The Deputy Attorney General of Manhattan has confirmed the legitimacy of the documents which allegedly implicate Worthington in a complex scheme to divert funds to offshore accounts. The rest of Worthington is a major development in the case and it is expected that more details will emerge in the coming days.
Tonight's top story is a scientific breakthrough that has stunned the world of physics. An anonymous source has released plans and theories for a room temperature superconductor on the CompuNet. The source claims that the new superconductor is made from readily available, inexpensive materials. While the plans and theories were initially met with skepticism by some in the scientific community, their legitimacy has been confirmed by top scientists at Oak Ridge, Berkeley, MIT, and others leading science labs around the world. As Dr. Baum of the University of Tennessee succinctly stated, the discovery of a room temperature superconductor would be a game changer in the world of electronics and energy. It would allow for ultra-efficient electrical grids, ultra-fast computer chips, and ultra-powerful magnets that can be used to control fusion reactors. The implications of such a discovery would be far-reaching and revolutionary and could lead to a new era of technological advancement. Good evening and welcome to the 6 o'clock news. Our top story tonight, Gray Enterprises has announced a major breakthrough in space travel technology. The company claims to have developed an anti-gravity drive that has the potential to fly faster than light. The CEO of Gray Enterprises, Peter Gray, held a press conference earlier today showcased the new technology. Here is footage from the press conference earlier in the morning today. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us today. I'm excited to announce that Gray Enterprises has developed a revolutionary new anti-gravity drive that will change the face of space travel as we know it. Our new drive can fly faster than the speed of light, making interstellar travel a reality. But don't just take my word for it. We've sent the prototype drone to the nearest star, Proxima Centauri, approximately four and a quarter light years away, and is returned with high resolution pictures of the planets in the system. We believe that this is the first time that humans have ever seen these planets in such detail. And the best part? The drone was just sent three days ago. I understand that these claims seem outlandish, so we also planted a radio transmitter on the face of the moon, and when I flip this switch, in about two and a half seconds, we will receive a radio signal from the moon's surface at this frequency you see here. Scientists around the world should be able to confirm this new lunar broadcast. As you know, there has not been any lunar probe set to the surface of the moon in quite some time. Ladies and gentlemen, there is the signal. I'm happy to announce that we are now an interstellar species. All passengers, please proceed to your assigned gate. The gates will be open in 15 minutes. Are you going to miss this place? I will, in a way. Maybe I'll come back after a while. Oops. Excuse me, sir. I didn't see you there. Manny, do you recognize that guy? I don't think so. He looks almost like my old co-worker. Maybe it's his grandson? It's been so long since then. Sixty years seem to fly right by. All passengers headed to Terra Septima. Please have your boarding pass ready for customs officials. That was The Right Thing, written by Jake Anderson, directed by Brian T. Mitchell, produced by Tyler Coleman, Adam E. Jenkins, and Samuel Cohen-Levin, starring in order of appearance. Benjamin Lee Turner as Peter Gray, Derek F. Foster as Warborg, Chris St. Parker as Sam, Vanessa J. Thompson as Heather Gray, Marcus M. Smith as Jim Campbell, Nigel H. Sussex III as Manny, Paul Ira Taylor as Dr. Kazansky, Adam G. Silverstein as Bob, Jim Murphy as Chief, Lucas T. Wilson as news reporter number one. William Luis Hernandez as radio reporter. John M. Schneider as news reporter number two. Stephen K. Galloway as a terminal announcer. No animals were harmed in the recording of this broadcast.
This has been a production of KOSD San Diego.